Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ready or Not. Today, I hope you're ready, but if not, uh, just a heads up, we are dealing with the illusion of racism. Let's get into it. All right, guys, so here we go. Uh, hot button topic of the day. If you're already getting emotional, just take a deep breath and relax. I promise it'll be a, a fun, friendly, but honest conversation uh, in the studio today with me. If you guys don't know Nathan Hell, this is Nathan. How are you doing? You yeah. guys good? Um, this is super exciting. This is one of my favorite topics. I know it's hot button, but I love hot button yep. issues, especially this one. Now, you, you won't understand this because you're listening, but Nathan's one of my favorite people to introduce to people. Um, or at least talk about, and mostly because it's just fun, uh, but we are related, and if you don't know, he's about as black as I am yep. white, Yep. and we yep, are yep, related, yep. and so I love introducing people like, oh, hey, yeah, this is my cousin, Nate, and they're like, <laughs> what? No. Now, if we're to be honest, it's through marriage. We don't share really <laughs> bloodline necessarily. I guess if you go far enough back, but... Um, blood covers blood, us. That yeah. makes us family Multitude, too. Yes, so. amen. <laughs> uh, same blood in Jesus, right? Amen. But yeah, so anyways, man, I, just between the two of us, uh, some different perspectives, I think you'll get a lot from what he has come from uh, family-wise and just want to talk about this. It's something that you know, the world's getting real loud about. And Nathan, I'll let you just run with it here in a minute. But one of the things that frustrates me the most these days is that truth seems to only be on the defense most of the time. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to derail our conversation, but when the world gets noisy about something, then we show up like firemen trying to put it out. Yep. I'm like, why can't we go start some godly fires and just raise the flag <laughs> and make the world eat truth? Yeah, that, so we got to get ahead of this at some point yeah. and just start being like, "Hey, man, have you ever noticed how anti-racist the Bible is?" <laughs> um, well, but, the Bible talks about two races: Jews and everybody else. Yep. So if you're not under the Jew category, you're on the everybody yeah, else Gentile. Gentile. But even then, right? Ephesians says he's broken down the middle wall of it separation, even matter. and even that we're now matter. grafted together. Uh, yeah, unique things about Israel, but as a nation or yeah. people group, God just man. We make a big deal out of something God didn't make a big deal out yep. of. It. And I think that's the issue. Like, God didn't make a big deal out of races. Uh, uh, races. It's just not a big... It's beautiful. I yep. love seeing different people from different backgrounds and ethnicity. It's actually, I think that that's one of the coolest things in the world, meeting new people. Agreed. Right? Um, but it's, it's interesting. In culture, we've made it uh, a negative thing. And we highlight not the good things. We highlight all the negative things yep. that are happening in this country. Now, look, to be honest, I'm, I'm 39. I don't know how old you are. I just turned 43, Ooh, dude. All right, getting there. With age of no. wisdom, right? We're working <laughs> yeah. our way towards brilliance here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but look, here's the deal. I remember growing up, and even still, like I hear my neighbors play you know, some mariachi music sometime, and I'm like, <laughs> I wish I had like, some like, do that. In, my, in my bloodline. <laughs> like, I want to, I want some vibrancy. Yeah. No, and it's, uh, it's fun. I think, and especially living in California, I mean, we, we're, we're exposed to so many different types of people and it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a way to grow. And my family just within my own family, we have that going on. So yep. I'm like dark, you know, and then my wife is not at all dark. Yeah, Julie's whiter than I am. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty white. She, she's okay. So her on dad is from the Netherlands and her mom is from Denmark. Okay. So she's like, you know. Pretty much that. Yep. And then our children, all five of our kids are adopted, <laughs> and and so we've got we've got Hispanic, and we've got black, and we've got um, you name the the 
the type of ethnicities in our home we have it. It's there. So our home just our home by itself. Your house is the United States. Is the United States of America. <laughs> and and you know what we've decided? Um, Julie and I decided this years ago that race wasn't going to be a thing. Right on. It was from, from the very beginning. We decided that we're not going to make it a thing. Yep. Um, and it hasn't been a thing because we haven't made it a thing. Up until, <laughs> right? Like, thanks for creeping into my home. Right. And ruining what wasn't broken. What like you, wasn't broken. They're, yep. they're trying to fix something that's not broken. It's like, what yep. is going on here? Growing up, my best friend's uh, elementary school was a guy named Javier. You can probably guess he was Hispanic. Yeah, right. After that, junior high into early high school was John. His mom was from Cambodia. His dad from China. Literally, like, snuck through the corn, and, or sorry, the rice paddies and fields oh, wow. through a civil war. I mean, so I used to come over and she'd yell at me in Cambodian because I was like family. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> but it's just how it, it was awesome. It's beautiful. And now the world yep. is destroying it. So for everyone that's listening in, and I know we're getting carried away, it's a wonderful topic to try and look at from a biblical perspective because there is truth and joy and freedom and liberty yep. and things worth celebrating yep, yep, yep. and just telling the world to go back into its corner and relax. Yep. Um but look, so we're going to try and hit three main things, right? Right now, uh, what's going on in the world, then what's going on in the church, and then the last thing we'll touch on, what do we do with the mess we have? But mm. just from your own perspective, you know, what's going on? What's what's happening? Poisoning. I call it the re-segregation of okay. the United States right. of America, where um, when I came to the United States in 1985, I was seven years old, and... Uh, being in the Netherlands, like, you know, all we had at the time, we didn't have the internet, so we just had the A-Team and Miami Vice, <laughs> yeah. um, and that's what I knew about the United States of Okay, America. all right. Um, and, then, and then we got here, and it was just this amazing place of different people. I'd actually never seen a Mexican person before or tried Mexican food, which is just a shame. Okay. I came here, and it has become one of my all-time favorite foods. But one of the things that I loved about the United States of America is the diversity. And not that everybody's the same and not and not that everybody agrees, but just that you had all these different people here. Yep. And so coming here, this was uh, phenomenal. And I think, you know, people who come here from other countries, we have what we call an immigrant mentality, okay. which is we take advantage of the opportunities that sure. God has granted to sure. us here in the United States of America. So we work um, very diligently to kind of get through the difficult spots. Like, for instance, my family came to the United States. My dad had 25 bucks in his pocket. Like, for real? This isn't like a... Like $25 a, in his $25. My mom and me and my brother take care of. And so we were family janitors. Like, I know how to clean a, a mean toilet. All right. You know, but that's what you do. And then my mom had a daycare during the day while my dad was going to school. And, and my brother and I were homeschooled for part of that time period sure. and then went to school. And my, my dad was able to get two masters and a PhD and eventually run his business and all of this stuff. And then still raising kids that were well-adjusted adults. As a black guy. As a black. In this terrible so, place So my America, dad is as dark right? as I am. And he didn't master the language. Right. And he came here and no excuses. He still accomplished what he set out. So I think what people don't realize is that the opportunities are equal. Yep. What you do with them is entirely up to you. And people say, well, you know, there's a there's there's systems in 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 set in place that don't allow me to accomplish those things. Um no. Yep. I disagree. Uh, totally. 
Um, I, I don't believe in uh, systemic racism in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, and I'm my example of it. In the millions of, of immigrants that are black that come from uh, Africa, the continent of Africa and the Caribbean, that are successful here, that be, are doctors and that become lawyers and all kinds of other terrific things, right. they come here and take advantage of the opportunity. What I think is, is that you have people here, regardless of ethnicity, that just don't appreciate the opportunities that are granted here in this country. Sure. When you start appreciating these opportunities, then you take advantage of the opportunities. But I think most people don't even know that they're opportunities. They yeah. think they deserve these things. Okay. So why the resegregation? Right? I agree with that term. I think it's spot on. You're even seeing different universities mm -hmm. go back to like all certain ethnic domes where you have to yeah. live now based upon Ridiculous. your skin color. It's literally the thing that it's we tried racism. and did. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> we didn't try to dissolve it. We, we dissolved did. it. Yes. We actually yes. crushed racism. Yes. And now look, racism at its root is a sin. Yes. And so sin nature exists. It always yes. has, it always will. So will there be circumstances of racial issues? Absolutely. Yes. Can't avoid it. But is the United States built in a way where if you're of a minority group, you can't succeed? Big fat no. Yeah. Well, and I would say out of all the empires, because I consider the United States of America an empire. Okay. Of all the, 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 the history of the world, you look at all the empires, this is the least multicultural um, racist country at all. This is not. I mean, if you go to other countries... Go ahead and try to do what you want to do in other countries. Yeah. Um, uh, go to uh, the continent of Asia and you go to uh, China, for instance. Go ahead and be you there. See how that works. Sure. Go to the majority of the Middle Eastern countries and try to be you there. Go to Europe, various places in Europe. I was born in the Netherlands. Like the opportunities we have to be who we want to be yeah. is kind of exclusive to this country, which is why immigrants are still dying to get yeah, into this interesting. country. That's interesting. So yeah, even in your native homeland, it just wasn't nope. as vibrant with opportunities Absolutely as it was here. Not. That's wild. Absolutely not. Wild. Uh, so I mean, the resurgence of focusing and dividing people, right? Ultimately, we don't wrestle flesh and blood, but principalities and anyway. powers of darkness. Satan's the one doing it. Sure. Like little puppets on strings. I mean, he's, he's playing the world so well. Yep. He is the best devil there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's just, sure. you gotta, gotta give him that. Um, I like his future, but that's a different thing for a different <laughs> <Me> time. <laughs> but you know, what's interesting, even seeing within the culture. And I was telling you that earlier that this morning woke up and in the newspaper, staring me in the face, and I don't read the newspaper very often, but staring me in the face was an article about a manager at a Starbucks who finally quit her job. And right, well, people quit every day. Like, well, let me, let me explain this for those of you that didn't read the article. Uh, a lady named Amanda worked at a Starbucks for a long time, worked her way into management, and was literally one of the top tier uh, managers of the Starbucks chain, where they would send people to her, not to learn how to make coffee, but to learn how to manage stores. Mm. And she won all kinds of awards and had accolades. She was literally the star of Starbucks. Mm. And why did she just quit her job in June of this year? Well, she explained that starting about three years ago, there was this slow but consistent drip and infiltration 
of a different way of thinking and treating people. Mm. And it increased even more over the last year or two where they were being taught from the top down that they had to treat people differently based upon what they looked like or what their lifestyle was. So they were being told, you need to now identify people based on their race, which is racism, or at least race, yeah, right, racist. And now here's the thing. She wrestled with that. She said in this article, her own words, that that was hard for her. Like, I, I don't treat people that way. I treat them based on their character. I treat them based on our interactions. I just treat them as a human being. So she was wrestling this just internally as a person. But what drew the line for her was over this three-year journey of this dripping information into the culture of Starbucks, that the employees under her, that remember, she had the best impression on people, Mm. was known for running things well. You wanted to work for her. But as this new way of thinking and interaction was being introduced, her own employees began to be divided from each other, began to be vehement towards each other, and that when she intervened to try and reconcile, they turned on her to the point of lashing out and just absolutely losing their minds to the point of, she said, now I'm out. Like, this is absolutely becoming uh, just a place of nothing but chaos, which once was a great place to work, and she loved it. Why? It's all based on getting people to separate and segregate and make decisions based on people because of how they look. Yeah, which is absolutely racist. There's people, there's a guy who did that. Um, His name was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) He did that. And so now we have adopted what he's done and made it part of culture. As a matter of fact, and we we put it under the umbrella of, um, you know, Black people are important. Sure. So we're going to highlight black people and um, we're going to highlight their race specifically over everybody else's. As a matter of fact, I've heard it said that you're supposed to capitalize B when you write. When you write black, you're supposed to capitalize the B. What? That's okay. kind of a thing. That's right. a thing now. Didn't I didn't know, know that. that, but that's a thing. And it's it, to me, it's so weird because that's exactly the opposite of what one of those key people within the civil rights movement said. He says, we're actually not supposed to um, judge people on the color of their skin, yes. but the content of their character. character. Yep. And so we've done exactly the opposite of it. But here's the thing. I can control people that are divided. I cannot control people that are united. That's right. And so if you split up races, then you've got control. Yeah, easy to hold people down and Absolutely. raise other people up. Yep. Absolutely. And so that's what's been happening now. And you know, I, I even think it goes a little bit further. In the early 1900s, the one of the strongest family units were black families, right? Okay. They had a father, and the father was there, and he was there taking care of his family, and, and, and they depended very much on God, built on God, you know, the family structures were. And then you fast forward, you know, you think of somebody like Martin Luther King. Well, Martin Luther King was a junior, was named after his father, yep. Martin Luther, yep, which means right. that his grandfather knew who Martin Luther was. True. So that's a that's generations of men who understood God. Yeah, absolutely. got it. An extremely thick biblical foundation. Right. So so now that started to change. Okay. And so you get to LBJ era, and all of a sudden there are no black fathers in the home anymore. What happens? Well, you cut off the head, the rest of the body withers and dies. That's right. Now, what are I would say the enemy. What is the enemy working toward more so now than ever before? Destroying who in what homes? 
well, fathers, white fathers in this case, sure. in white homes. Yep. And it's been a steady thing. It's not like something that just happened, you know, in the past 20 years. This That's has right. been going on. You think about the examples of fatherhood that we have on television, like um, uh, Married with Children. You sure. think about the the father in that, and that was... That show was out 25, 30 years ago, whatever yeah, it was, right? Yeah, that's right. You look at Homer Simpson, yeah. and, and now you go to any Disney Channel um, uh, show where you've got a father, which is if there is a father. Yeah, if there's a father, he's a joke. He's a joke and knows nothing at yeah. all. His children know more than him, and of course, his wife does. Oh, yeah. Right? But the, it's been this work of getting men out of the home, and so I wouldn't even say it's so much um, race as it is. Um, destroying the head of the home once you've cut off the, yep. the, the 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 head, the rest of the body withers and dies. But they've done this effectively in black homes, and now they've done it quite effectively and are doing it uh, effectively in white homes. What's interesting about it, in the early 1900s, who was villainized? Black men. In, 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 in this season, who's villainized? Sure. White men. What is the worst possible thing you can be right now? Oh, yeah. White male. I'm it, man. <laughs> right? I am so dangerous right? and terrible. Uh, yeah. Why? Because because when you have a, a, a head of the home that take, takes care of his family, that understands who God is, yep. right, has a relationship with the Lord, then he knows how to be married to his wife and he knows how to have a family. It's it's pretty incredible what happens. But they have kind of destroyed all of that very effectively. Now, even what you just said, interesting. And gosh, I would encourage you guys that are listening, go do just one hour worth of research mm-hmm. and you will be set for the rest of your life. You don't need a whole lot of bullets in your gun, you know? Uh, <laughs> lies die really easily. Yes, so, but I remember what you just said, even statistically, a strong dad in the home destroys most other versions of aberrant living in the next generation. Absolutely. Uh, any kind of poverty issues are typically resolved uh, within yes. reason. I mean, it's absolutely absurd that the down to the second, the third, the fourth generation, absolutely. even. It's Amazing. So that goes to show you, and this has been my argument, the issue that's in the black community has nothing to do with racism. Yep, agreed. I know you're going. It has to do with fathers doing what God intended fathers to do in the first place. If you had dads back in the home, your homes would be different. But that would mean that there has to be godly dads. Okay, and so what, what, what does that mean? Well, the church, we need to get back to doing this what is it is. What, and I, I hinted at it, and I try not to bring this up very often, but it's just beginning to make my blood boil that we're always late to the game. Yep. That yep. we're always trying to catch up to the world. We're always trying to put out their fires. Yeah. Like last time I read the Bible, we had the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within us. Mm -hmm. We have the word of God that is not only a light unto our feet, which means we know what to do, (laughs) but it's also living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword that divides the thoughts of the heart and the intents of the mind. Mm. So why do we feel like, oh, I can't say anything. I don't want to tell them how to live their life. Oh, it's none of my business. Mm. Yes, it is. Now, if you can't say it in love, take a long walk off a short pier. Right. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I'm with you. But yeah. if you have a heart for people, you have, have to, to speak into their life. You have to. You speak have to, to rescue yep. the person that's drowning. Yep. 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 Ugh. Well, and I think I think the problem is, is that we, we 
don't interpret love uh, in the biblical sense. True. You know, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 talks about what love is and what it's supposed to look like. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Part of love and what people, I think, fail to realize is love isn't just this one big hug, hug of acceptance. Yeah. That's not what love is. No. Love is confrontational. So that means if I see you doing something stupid or something that's going to be detrimental to you, if I don't confront you on it, then I don't love you. Yep. Why? Because love would dictate that I get in the way. For instance, if my kid's like, hey, dad, I'm going to go play in traffic. <laughs> Me loving my 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 child you have will no tell right to my tell child. Not to. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm going to tell my child, absolutely not. You're not playing in traffic. I will stop you from playing in traffic yep. because it's detrimental to your health, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, it's what it, we do. It's, but but we don't do this anymore. We don't want to talk about this. Even within the black community, people don't want to say anything and say, uh, because, well, first of all, you're villainized when you do say. Yeah, I, okay. So part of that article I read went on to say that there was someone who came in and was talking about that their, I love this, their definition of racism, <laughs> which is maybe the newer, the attempt of a new definition, yeah. revisionism. Right. That if you try and use any version of logical thinking, critical thinking, or actual scientific data, you're racist. You know what? If you're a black person and you're listening to this, um, that should offend you to no end. To, you should literally be livid. If, if you said people in poverty, let's say there was any, let's say there's a bunch of white people living in the gutter, okay, a bunch yeah. of white homeless people, and you came along and said, I think they're getting sick a lot because they're malnourished and their living conditions aren't good because they're neglecting their roles uh, within society that God ordained. Mm. If you suggest that it's somehow something that they should take ownership of mm. and that maybe, maybe there's some internal influence going on, you're racist. Yep. Instead of saying like, look, their problem is they don't have good food. Let's get them good food. Yep. Not try and change the color of their skin or ignore it. Oh, I, I hope this is making sense. But we're being told now, if you look at anything outside of the color of skin, you're racist. Yes. There are no other factors to consider. Yep. There's nothing else to keep in mind or look at. Yep. Don't you dare turn over the rock and see what's underneath it. Judge everyone based on how they look. Right. Do not have common sense. No common sense. And you have something that has crept into, into our society, which is, I think, horrible, absolutely detrimental. And that's the uh, CRT critical race theory. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? And I, I, I don't know how, as a, as a sane thinking person, you could think that that's okay. For anyone, anywhere... And then they want to put it in our school system. They want to indoctrinate our children with this. 100%. Our children who don't even understand any of that. Yep. Right? They are, it's like a resurging. It's so, re, again, resegregation. For, for those of you that like are on the fence and not sure where you stand, can I just ask you to do some one thing for your, oh, not even for me or for Nate, for yourself and the future generations to come? The Bible says, ponder the path of your feet, mm. okay? It, what it means is like you need to think about where this road goes. Mm. So just take the principles that are being rammed down your throat and just do a little pondering. Literally, go get a cup of coffee and think about it for 10 minutes. Where does this lead? What kind of fruit does this bear? Mm. And you'll have 
your answer? Well, I think it's going to lead back to um, certain people having um, different water fountains to drink from. (laughs) That's where it's going to lead. And if you stay on this path, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because yep. now you have it, like you mentioned it before, it's happening in schools. It's already happening. In university, on university. Now, university level, which is kind of an interesting thing. This is a place where you share ideas and you're supposed to kind of think outside of the box. Yeah, and, not anymore. And be challenged with different ideas. And then what's happening? No, this is the way things are going to be now. Right. And actually, hey, if you're a black student, you should, you should stay just with black people in a black dorm. What is that? And think about how much less educated you actually are. Yes, you are. You're not actually learning about any other kind of cultures, nope, any other kind of religions. Your You're actually becoming less intelligent. Yes. More Agreed. isolated. Yep. M- more pent up, angry, vehement, and judgmental. To You're becoming anyone a terrible other than person. Yep. You're literally and that's becoming- exactly what's happened. <laughs> and and we are we are, um, and it's, it's so weird because, you know, if you if you if you were to say, um, racism. Uh, is a good thing, people would be mad at you. Right. But through the actions of of, of those in, in, who are in power, they're telling you racism is a good yep. thing. Even though they're telling you exact, the exact opposite with their mouth, through their actions, they're showing you something entirely different. Right. They're saying, no, 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 be separate. Be by yourself. Be with your own people. Well, it's funny. They don't want to play both ways. Yeah. I think a lot of it is cultural. Yep. I think so here in the United States, there's a culture, which, by the way, interesting enough, okay? So- being in, being from the Netherlands, okay, when I'm in Holland and there's a an American that comes, regardless of ethnicity, I can point him out. Interesting. So he doesn't need to He doesn't need to say a white, word. Black, Asian, American, can, it doesn't you matter. You can point him out. Stands out. Okay? Why? Cuz American culture stands out. Interesting. Okay? Why? It's my mannerism, it's my body language, it's everything that comes yep. along with it. It's obviously it's my dress. That's wild. Pastor Jack even told us a story from when Russia years ago, they're on a mission trip, pouring rain, light turns red, there's no cars, it's like midnight, and the Russians stop to wait for the red light. They're walking, pedestrians. They all stop. The Americans keep running across the street, even though it's a red light, because it's midnight and there's no cars and it's raining. And there was this, like, Russians follow the rules, Americans do what they want. <laughs> it's <laughs> with, it's Hopefully true. within reason. Within reason. Um, and- well, I had a, I was, I have, I've had some uh, conversations with people from from my homeland, and uh, the conversation is always, you know, Americans, you're so rebellious, you just always want to fight. That's why you guys always fight, and there's riots because you're always fighting, fighting, fighting. And I was like, well, and this is no offense to to you know being a person from the Netherlands. Like, this is no offense to anyone living in the Netherlands, but here in the United States, you still have people fighting for good. You have already let evil take over there. Completely. Yep. So, so yes, there's going to be a fight. Yeah, we rebel and fight for the right thing. Absolutely. I right? think we're not we're, just going to lay down. And I think we're supposed steamroll. to steamroll. That's. I mean, that's even part of what today is. So, look, uh, time wise, there's what's going on is the attempt or and, and rather successful. I don't think it's taken root yet, but it's trying. The which, by the way. I believe it's just a few people with loud voices. Yes. I don't think as many people are swallowing it whole as it looks, but that's yeah, a different issue. I agree. Uh, but there's what's going on in the culture. Let's talk for just for a moment. I don't want to get stuck on this, but what's going on in the church? Well, we have um, allowed the culture to come into the church. That's yeah. the problem. And when it, let me We're define church set, real yeah. quick. I, I don't know where any of you go to church. You may not even know where I go to church. 
Uh, I don't mean necessarily within the walls of your place of localized fellowship, but within the community of those who have taken the name of Christ mm. and those who, whether they should or shouldn't be, are behind the pulpit representing Christ and teaching his word. So in the broader sense, the church as a in a broad term, not in a local term, because some are good, some are leaning, some are lost. So sorry. So what's what's happening? What's going on? Well, I think we've been influenced by culture. Sure. And um, and in some cases, culture has just taken over. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, and I, I I've been at various congregations, and I've seen it happen, um, where people are more concerned with what people think about them than what they've been called to do as pastors and leaders. Right. Um, and again, I think people have a misinterpretation of what love is. And so oh, we're going to just be loving. So we're going to love everything, whether it's bad or not, we're just going to be loving, 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 yeah. loving. Okay. Well, well then you have a, a, a wrong definition of what love is. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. So whatever the iniquity is, we cannot agree with it. Critical race theory, that's iniquity. Yep. Why? Why is critical race theory a bad thing? Um, uh, there's so many churches uh, within this season that have actually adopted this. And it's almost become like a substitution for the gospel in that 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 the gospel has become, um, you know, anti-racism. Yep. And, and the unpardonable sin now all of a sudden um, uh, has become, um, you know, racism. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. That first of all, that's not biblical. And critical race theories within the church, you know, teaching that is kind of a bad thing because critical race theory says this: you have to continue at, to atone for sin. By the way, which you might, or your grandparents, or your great grandparents might not even have committed. Right. But you're supposed to continually atone for no, this. Do you know what it is? If I apologize for something I didn't do, do you know what that is? Mm. That's a lie. Yes. It you is. are a liar. <laughs> and and Jesus Christ. Atone for my sins. That's right. So new creation. Right. And I'm not responsible for what my granddaddy did or my great granddaddy yep. did, even if they did I something. I didn't do it. Right. In fact, I did not I'm do against this. it. Exactly right. So now we have this whole move within the church that says, oh, white people apologize for being white. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. Yep. Apologize for something that you had no control over in the first place. Yep. Because guess what? You didn't choose to be whatever ethnicity you are. Yeah, I didn't get God it selected off the shelf. Exactly. Like, God did that. So all of a sudden now people are carrying the this burden of a sin that they actually did not even commit. Yep. I love what you're even talking about and has been kind of woven through the last few minutes. The correct and right understanding of what love is. I think that's where the church just went. Yeah. hard right into outer field and maybe outer space. I don't yeah. know. It's and it, it, gosh, but Satan, I mean, from the beginning, right, he got to twist the word of God to Eve. Mm -hmm. She forfeited her place. That led to the destruction of her home, right? That led to the destruction of her own kids, right? They buy yep. the same lie. And he takes Jesus into the wilderness and tries to use the word to twist it. And now we're seeing Satan's trying to rob this biblical concept of love, and we're actually letting... It's literally the Garden of Eden yep. all over again. Yep. Didn't God say to love? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, but come on. Biblical love. Romans 12, 9. I, to me, this is one of the most powerful verses on mm. love in the world. 
let love be without hypocrisy, yep. meaning tre- treat everyone the same. Yep. No double standards. Yep. Don't be one way with one group and one way with another. Be the same all the time. <laughs> but here's the deal. Let love be without hypocrisy. And this is that's what I do. Then how do you do it? So if yep. what I do is being the same all the time, how I do it, it's in the verse. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Yes. Have a burning hatred for evil and cling like your life depends upon it. Mm. Cling to Mm. what is good. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to love, I'm going to abhor what is evil. I'm going to hang on to what is good. And I'm never going to treat anyone or anything based upon what it is perceived to be. I'm to know your heart, right? Yes. So that says that critical race theory is a sin. It's wrong. It's not biblical. It's not only not biblical, it's anti-biblical. It's the opposite. So when we say creeping in, it's, man, I wonder, creeping into the church Hmm. isn't so much that it's coming in, it's just filling a void that's been there for a while. Yeah. Uh, Like a pothole. Yeah. Right? It'll be filled with whether it rains or it's snow or it's dirt or it's your tire. Like, it's just going to be filled with. And as soon as there's a void of biblical love... The church will allow it to be filled with whatever seems to fit for the moment. Yep. And now here we have it creeping in. Which, um, what, which is why it's important for pastors to teach God's word. Yeah, come on. Simple. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah. And the reason is, is, is a lot of these conversations I've had with people that disagree with me don't know the Bible at all. Yeah. If you tell people, abhor what's evil. <gasps> what? <laughs> yes. Yes. And, 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 it, and it's... Again, uh, it's something that has crept into the church, and I think everybody wants to do the right thing, right? Yep. So if this 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 racism is this horrible evil, then I want to do the right thing. Yep. Um, well, when you, you know, we talk about justice. Last year, oh, man, it was all about justice, justice, sure. justice. Well, God's word talks about justice. Sure does. As a matter of fact, it's a foundation of justice. <laughs> yes. So you want to know more, you want to understand more, you want to do the right thing, eat this every day, all throughout the day, yep. meditate on it. And then over time, it'll come through in the way that you live your life. Yep. But what we're doing is we're highlighting something, one thing, and it's it's literally taken everything else over. Yeah, wild. On... On any given Sunday in any church, what are they going to be talking about right now in this season? Yep. It's taken over even the gospel. Sure. Which is supposed to be presented. Yep. It's even that. The the teaching of God's word. Now, all of a sudden, what guys are doing, they're taking these passages and they're just mixing it and they're making it say what they want it to say. And it's just a weird, weird season. And so for all of those people who don't go to a Bible teaching church... You should go to one, and then in your own time, read the Bible, study God's Word every day, and then you'll be able to discern a lie from the truth. Yep. And just to help you guys out, for those of you that are wondering, I don't know if I go to a Bible teaching church or or not, Um, are they teaching you what the Bible says is another way of phrasing a Bible teaching church, right? Uh, Just because... They throw a verse or two into their presentation doesn't mean it's Bible teaching. It may be Bible using, yes, but it's not Bible 
teaching. Bible salting. Now, <laughs> I'd rather go to a church where the guy's okay at teaching the Bible versus a very wonderful, wonderful, eloquent presentation of something yeah. that isn't really having anything to do with anything. Yeah. It just sounds nice. It was like, go, go to the movies if you want to be entertained. Yes. But go to church if you want to get to know God. Yep. Um, so yep. look, and I think this is actually just the snowball, and I'll describe what I mean. I remember I learned this from someone when I was a kid. If you want to hit someone with a snowball, right, you make two. You throw one up real high in a slow arc towards them, and it catches their eye. And so they look up at the snowball coming at them. And while their eye is looking at the first snowball that you lobbed real high, slow arc, you can wind up and just nail them with a line drive with your other one because they're not looking. I think Satan just made this little snowball of racism because he's mm. done it before. And he kind of just lobbed it up there. And I'm not exactly sure what we're about to hit with with the line drive, mm. but it's coming. Yes, I agree. Everyone's looking over at the left hand, mm. and he's going to slide something in, and it's going to hit. It's going to hit. And you better know your Bible because yep. we are in the end days. Yes. It's going to get real. Yep. Don't get distracted by these. And there will be another. I guarantee in less than six months, there will be a whole nother issue. Yes. Um, but look, so here's the deal. Let's let's begin to land the plane, okay? What's going on? Uh, what's going on in the church? Lastly, what does someone do about it? And if I can, I'd love to pick your pick your brain, Nathan. Just on the very you know day to day street living kind of perspective, what do we do as individuals? How do we deal with this? Yeah. So. Um... Wonderful thing is I'm not responsible for uh, what what any what I, you know has been done in the past. I, yep. I'm I'm not responsible for that. So I'm responsible for my actions. Uh, I tell my kids this all the time. You are in control of you. Mm-hmm. You're not in control of the person next to you. Yep. Um. So just focus on taking care of what you're supposed to take care of. Good. Being beyond a reproach between you and the Lord. That's the most significant thing that you can do. You can't change somebody's mind. You can't change somebody's attitude. I was once asked, like, are there, you know, is is the United States of America a racist country? I'm like, no, but there's races in the country. And so individually, I got to make sure that my walk with the Lord is where it's supposed to be. Right. That I'm loving the way that God intended me, the Bible tells me to love. That's the way I'm supposed to love and treat other people, right? Irregardless of what they look like. I'm just supposed to do this because this is what the Bible says. Right. You know, and it works. That's it, that's a wonderful thing about when you do what God tells you to do, it works. <laughs> I love what you're bringing up because, and it even honestly, you you went somewhere I wasn't even going to go, uh, but I think it's right. I think step one, like how do you handle this tumultuous season and the next one and the next one and the next one, but you have to, it's what the Bible says, do not be conformed to this mm. world, right? Don't change your mind because the world is changing its mind, no. yeah. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's every day. You know, I washed my car once. It's not clean today because I washed it last week. I got to wash it again. And our mind needs to be reset on the word rather consistently. Yes. Um, So I think, man, that is great. So step one, guys, if you haven't been drawing near to the Lord, I'm not asking if you believe in God. Are you drawing near to him? That's an action. So one, don't be conformed to this world, your own heart and mind, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Mm -hmm. an action. Um, but then now, right, we step outside of that. Let's say we're, our heart is right with God. Uh, we're not being wildly influenced 
by mm. media or the loud person at work yeah um, or new policies we know that gosh i'm becoming a, a rather isolated group of thinkers but at least i know where i stand and i'm yes. right with god uh, then what um how do we discern whether we should or should not talk to you know bob versus joe type of thing because i think staying completely silent only allows what's the the yeah. quote the phrase that was used uh, all it takes for evil to advance is for good men to do nothing to do nothing yeah we have a responsibility to do something and we have a responsibility to say something yep when you have an opportunity god will grant it to you that's really great you don't have to look for opportunities he will give them Amen. to you especially when you pray in the morning lord Give me divine opportunities. Now, that divine opportunity could be to share the gospel with somebody, which is wonderful. Yep. Right? To, to encourage somebody. And sometimes it's going to be to to just share truth. And truth in this case is, hey, God's word. What does God's word have to say about critical race theory? What yep. does God's word have to say about racism in the United States and the things that we're walking through? And you compare it. And yep. I think I think we're supposed to uh, test everything according to God's word. That's our, that's our um, barometer. Yep. Right, and so if it doesn't line up with God's word, it doesn't work. Yeah, if it doesn't so many, fit, guess it doesn't what? Fit. It doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit, and no matter what you do, it's not going to fit. And again, I I appreciate the people who have the sentiment of loving, and I want to be as loving as I possibly can be, yep. and and I want to love my black brothers and sisters, and so on and so forth. I get all of that, and I appreciate your heart in that. Yep. But just focus on Jesus, and then He'll make sure that you love the way that you're supposed to. Yeah, I wonder if we love ourselves too much. <laughs> I don't want to get yelled that. at. I don't want to be thought of as a racist oh, or you love whatever. You. Yeah. you. You love you. <laughs> That's right. I don't want my day to be hard, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm really thankful that certain men decades ago were willing to have some really bad days right. for the right cause. And think about this, too. Right now, you're being asked about what you think about critical race theory, about racism, and so on and so forth. And instead of giving an honest answer or the biblical truth, you're not. Yep. You're saying something that pleases people. What if, oh, I don't know, two years from now, somebody's going to ask you what you think about Jesus? Yep. What's your response going to be? Yep. Is it going to be the, the, a biblical response, or is it going to be a response that people want because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings? Yep. Um, the truth of the matter is you have a responsibility to be honest with people. So you mollycoddling people and telling them something that they want to hear is it's, actually not good for them. It's unloving. Yeah, it's unloving. <laughs> it's in it's the, the name most of love, you could do. you're actually being unloving. unloving. Right, yeah. Uh, look, I just want to encourage you guys to be confident in who you are in Christ. Yes. And yep. we might get bumped and bruised a little bit along the way towards eternity, but that's okay. Jesus yep. was crucified, for goodness sake. Yep. Like, we might get bumped and bruised a little bit. Yep. But if someone says like, oh, hey, you know, if someone, if I am waiting for the day, someone is just like, you're racist because you're white. You know, I already know I'm going to respond. <laughs> I already know. Easy. I'm not going, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Is that easy? Because that's the truth. That's the truth. And I don't care what they say. I know me. Yep. <laughs> I am not racist. Yep. They can say whatever they want, but I'm not going to let them just steamroll over it. No. No, I'm not. No. And what's funny and interesting, I remember years ago doing a study for the youth in the church about bullying. Mm. And statistically, this is when online and social media bullying was becoming a really big thing. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, cowards like to jump online and say stuff that they'd never say in person. <laughs> of course. Right? So <laughs> don't be a coward. Um, but here's the deal. Bullying, they said somewhere between 90 
and 97% of bullying would stop if the person was confronted one time. If one person would step up to that person, hey, knock it off. If one person would say, hey, don't do that. Hey, that's dumb. That person would curl up into a ball and hide in the corner and yep. never come out of the shadows again. Yep. So then why, and now look, if you look at what this whole racist push is, it's bullying tactics. And all you have absolutely. to do is be like, hey, you're wrong, knock it off. Knock it off. Yep. You're absolutely 110% right. I do think that everything that's happening with the, this anti-racist movement is, uh, is, is, is a bully movement. Yep. And to make somebody feel inadequate or evil or sinful based on their complexion, based on their skin color, is absurd. Uh, and it yeah. is an ultimate form of bullying. And the issue is when we accept it. Because it doesn't stop the bully from bullying. Yep. They just push a they little They go further. They just further. become a bigger bully. Exactly right. It's not, you're not helping anybody by agreeing. Yep. You're not helping anybody. And by the way, you're not helping black people by agreeing. <laughs> no, okay? you're not. No, right? there's you're a, not. There's a whole generation of kids that are growing up that don't need to be racist, that don't need to um, think that they should only hang out with black people or only hang out with white people. That's weird. Do you understand that, that that's like the most racist thing you can do is that? Ungodly, right? I just want to end concluding with this. Even Read the book of Revelation. Yeah. Right? Just do, yes. do like a 30-minute yes. search through the Bible. Just, I know it's time, but you got 30 minutes. Yes. It is so wonderful. Like we referenced before in Ephesians, he says, I've taken down the middle wall of separation. Mm. Jews and Gentiles can get together in yes. worship. They're of one thing. Uh, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, mm. uh, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, but we're all built on the same foundation. You get to heaven, every tribe, kindred, nation, and tongue. I mean, oh my goodness, every dialect, it's going to be wonderful. Adam and Eve, scientifically, based on genes and biology, were the darkest, blackest people with the most vibrant blue or green eyes that, that you would have ever known. Uh, how do you know? Go check it out. Ken Ham has this awesome genealogical uh, reverse engineering, which is scientific. You yeah, all learned right. about it, why dogs have long hair and short hair, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you reverse humanity, Adam and Eve were the darkest, blacker than night with crazy light eyes. I forget if it's straight or curly hair. I mean, we can know a lot about what they looked like. Yes. It's kind of incredible. So, God loves all of that, He but he's the one that created recessive genes. Why? To create diversity. He yes. loves it. Yes, he does. And then he brings it all back together <laughs> in heaven under Jesus, because we honestly, we might only have one thing in common. You and I have a bunch of things in common, but anyone out there, as long as we have Jesus in common, we're good to go. All the other stuff, you can work through. Yep. So look, guys, yeah. everyone listening, beware of that lobbing snowball, okay? Mm. Don't get a afraid of it. Don't cower to it. Uh, stay discerning. I love what Nate brought up. Do not be conformed to this world. Like really take yep. inventory of your own heart and mind first. And then from there, with wisdom, wise as a serpent, harmless or gentle as a dove. Okay. Don't throw yourself into the lion's den. Yeah. But if you find yourself in one, <laughs> yeah. stand up to the bully. Yep. Okay. Amen. Man, so much to talk about, um, but for what's going on, guys, eyes up, eyes on Jesus, walk the walk, ponder the path that you are on, and make sure you know where it's going. We'll talk to you guys next time.